0: Hello, all you seekers, explorers, and renegades out there. Welcome to another episode of the Alchem Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Lemke. Today we're talking about thought, and thought as a concept, uh, at least from a scientific point of view, when we examine a brain that is having a thought and we see different areas of the brain light up on an MRI scan, for example, uh, then we can uh, ascertain that certain areas of the brain cover certain aspects of thought but when we put uh, the concept of consciousness into the equation we suddenly start to find areas of where science can't really explain things because science doesn't actually know what consciousness is from this perspective i think we can uh, take some uh, liberties in terms of uh, moving into philosophy and uh, what we think is actually going on so in this episode today, I'm going to share with you my thoughts on uh, thought and uh, my philosophies around it. In addition to uh, the podcast, you always have uh, the show notes to go with it. And uh, in there, I delve into some of the aspects as well. So feel free to read that as a uh, additional resource as well. But for now, I'm hoping that you're going to enjoy this discussion about thought. Today's quote comes from uh, Maya Angelou and her book wouldn't, sorry, wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. And uh, she says, what you're supposed to do when you don't like a thing is to change it. If you can't change the way you think, sorry, if you can't change it, change the way you think about it. Don't complain. Uh, The last bit that don't complain might be very, uh, Triggering to some, but uh, let's look at it in, in uh, detail as we progress. But uh, the the thought or the idea that we can change things by just change, shifting the way we think about it uh, will be uh, become apparent as we uh, we we start moving into uh, the discussion uh, in further depth. So, looking at thought as a concept or rather a you know the what what a thought actually is because it's intangible you can't touch it right so it is energy it is a chemical and neurological reaction uh, that happens but is that all there is to it now obviously we can't with modern or with today's technology anyway we can't measure anything outside of the physical reaction uh, as it were so it's um so from that perspective this is my kind of intuitive th- uh, feeling about what thought is it's it is an energy uh, because we can store thoughts we can store energy uh, just like we can store emotions in our muscles and joints and so forth uh, we can store uh, thoughts in our uh, brain matter. Um, and we can see that in uh, brain scans and so forth where different areas lit up uh, when we activate memories and are uh, you know, visualizing and stuff like that. Um, so when thoughts really come into play when we're looking at past experiences and future expectations, Now, these past experiences, they may come from your imagination. They may be completely made up because we know that from people that have gone through trauma and so forth, that uh, there can be a reality construct created in the mind that doesn't reflect what actually took place. Uh, Or, you know, people, for example, an event like uh, 9 11, people describing where they were and they can see it very clearly, but in actual fact, it doesn't correspond at all to the reality they they experience. So, memory is one of those things that uh, we we rely on it, but a lot of times there are uh, challenges in terms of the accuracy of it. So, uh, But we can also look at past experiences in terms of past lives, depending on your uh, belief system. Um, and we have thoughts related to that. Now that will come through our imagination. And uh, so it, it has the same quality as memories, but will appear very different because it's not something we've uh, experienced in this lifetime so we we know this for example from uh uh, regression uh hypnotic regression for example where we regress someone into past their birth and uh, back into previous life and they will experience that just like any other memory um and again you know it's that, that is one challenge with um With people, when you do hypnosis, for example, because you can go back and they can explain the memory uh, very vividly um, and it could have been something that was implanted, uh, which is very, uh, very much possible. But at least with hypnosis, for example, you do if someone has a, a memory construct, if you go into hypnosis, you remove the the conscious mind from promise so that you can actually go in and get uh, the the original experience. So if not, no one has meddled with the original experience in terms of the memory and the subconscious, then we can uh, bring forward the original thought as it were. Uh, so when we're looking at it, the thought can also derive from fantasy and imagination. And we can use this to our advantage or our disadvantage. So thoughts can be used for, for ourselves and against ourselves. Um, and we look at future expectations. If you coming from a place of fear, then your future expectations are going to be reflected in that or reflected from that. And oftentimes we do look at the future or present experiences. Uh, through the lens of our past experiences. You know, if I have experienced this in the past, therefore, it must be like this going forward. Uh, Therefore, I have this expectation of this experience I'm going into. Uh, And of course, that's not at all necessary that it is that way. But as human beings, we like to prepare ourselves for what is to come, and the only way we know to, how to do that is to use our past experiences, um, and that can very much work to our disadvantage because a lot of times we take the negative route uh, when we look at uh, future experiences, of uh, present and future experiences. When we look at thoughts in terms of learning, so now we can we're going into. You know, working with the thoughts to start uh, building up uh, the, the kind of m- memory bank and the uh, brain function, as it were, because learning, uh, we know that from neurosciences, that uh, if you're continuously learning, you continuously build, build up uh, your brain power and your brain connections. Uh, I don't have the specific data on number of, of uh, connections that you uh, create when you learn a new detail, but I think it's like something like 1600 uh, connections or something like that. Um, and then if you don't use that information or you don't think about it, you don't act on it, you don't work with it, it can disappear within hours or days depending on what kind of uh, information it was because our brain has its limitations in terms of the what we can consciously hold in our mind. Uh, if it is something that we've built into a habit, then we put it down into the subconscious and it stays there. Uh, and the subconscious has a much vaster uh, uh, bank of uh, storage uh, that we can use. Uh, it is our conscious mind that we have uh, quite, quite a lot of <laughs> limitations with. Uh, so if we can uh, just tap into the subconscious then we have a whole uh, upgrade to work with but uh, that takes a lot of practice so we're not going to go into too much to that today but uh, we'll uh, touch up on it. Um, one thing I wanted to also look at is feelings and emotions. Uh, a lot of times we look at we kind of equate them to. Uh, but uh, in, in my experience, in a way, emotions are essentially what triggers thoughts, whereas feelings are triggered by thoughts. So if you have an emotion, it can be triggered by an experience, external experience, but a feeling is triggered by a thought or a memory or something, uh, could be you're thinking about a future future event uh, say you're going up to speak in front of uh, a whole lot of people and you have anxiety a feeling of anxiety coming up and that is then triggered by that thought of the experience you're about to have now an emotion it could be someone tells you tells you some bad news and you feel sad so that's triggered by uh, the, the information that comes in. The, uh, so you're triggered by something external. And then that emotion can then trigger uh, a thought process. So keep that in mind as we move forward, uh, because we will touch upon that uh, as we go on here. Now, if you have any thoughts or any uh, Experiences you want to share while we're talking here, then just put your hand up and uh, I'll let you have the floor. Um, so, when we're looking at learning, I'm just going to go back to that for a bit. We work with our conscious mind, we work with our body and our subconscious. So, when you bring in new knowledge, and this is why it's important to put practices in place. Um, so knowledge it, you hold in your mind, right? So you learn something. Uh, you learn that you know the sun. Sun is hot. Um, now, if you spend a lot of time outside, you will then know that you will experience that, and you will feel that experience. So it goes from the mind, knowledge, to bodily experience. And then as you continuously spend time out in the sun, you you then build up a habit of it or your habit of knowing it. So it goes into the subconscious and you don't even think about it anymore. Unless it gets extremely hot and then you're like, oh my God, it's so hot today, right? (laughs) <laughs> but you're not walking outside and constantly thinking, sun is hot, sun is hot, sun is hot, <laughs> right? It's, uh, it's just something we, we innately know at that point.
1: I just wanted to comment on, uh, sometimes I think the things that we have in our thoughts are basically, they get categorized, but they also get categorized incorrectly. Mm-hmm. So I know that I've seen some examples of like, fear and excitement or two, fear, excitement, anxiety are almost identical in the body but a lot of times people end up having, you know, like autoimmune issues or Addison's disease or their adrenals get shot because they, they end up kind of going to the, the opposite spectrum of that. Mm-hmm. And I've heard studies where they talk about the fact that when you have people that are on a roller coaster at an amusement park, the screams sound exactly the same for the people that are completely terrified and about ready to pee their pants and the ones that are screaming from absolute exhilaration because it's like the best thing they've ever done. And then they, then there was another study too, where they said, um, you know, oh, I get really anxious going up on stage. Well, how do you know my palms sweat and I want to vomit? And then the other person who's like super excited about speaking, they're like, well, how do you know when you're ready to go on stage? Because my palms get sweaty and I'm about ready to vomit. So it's like the exact same thing. But I think it's like learning to differentiate between that, that fear and excitement part, Mm -hmm. um, And I think that's why people put themselves in positions of watching scary movies because they know it's a facsimile and it's not actually going to happen to them. But I think having the opportunity to pull those apart and peel them away to the point of where it doesn't become a a psychological problem or an issue is the most important thing of where you put fear in its place and then you put excitement in its place and then you have the ability to have the subtle nuances of of experiencing and knowing the difference.
0: Yeah. No, very true. And, uh, as far as the brain is concerned, fear and excitement is exactly the same. Uh, it's only how you perceive it that will tell the brain how to treat it. And mm-hmm. that's, that's the same for a lot of these things. And, you know, uh, if your idea of work, so say, for example, you, you have an opportunity to um, excel, to move into a new job, Uh, that you are going to get more responsibility if your idea of more work is uh, frightening as it were then you are going to look at that with fear and your brain is going to treat it with fear but we can then control our thoughts and say you know what no that's exciting so if you switch that to excitement, you can immediately feel that flood of chemicals in your body that relieve all that tension. And I experiment with this a lot because anxiety is one, one of the things I struggle with. Um, and I practice to shift my thoughts into, no, it's not. I'm not going to move into this with the, the thought of fear. I'm going to, this is exciting. Okay, brain get on board with this it's exciting and once it kind of makes that shift i can feel my entire body because it it like just flushes my body and releases all that tension in the body Um, and we're talking about uh, uh, watching scary movies to kind of get that uh, kind of rally up that uh, response in the body You, you have uh, the Stoic uh, meditations of, uh, I think it's Marcus Aurelius, right? Um, that you sit down and you expe- you kind of conjure up the worst case scenario in your mind to experience that for a short period of time, twenty seconds or something like that. Because then you, once you know the worst case scenario, then you can easily move into the best case scenario as well. So you experience that, then you know how to experience the opposite as well.
2: You said in the beginning personal experience, I was thinking uh, about my experience and what changed the most. Uh, It it, it was definitely the seeing other possibilities. Like I had a lot of limiting beliefs on my shoulders and that was very hard to understand why I I bring that. And I brought that in my relationship quite a lot. And then like uh, there were things although I knew I could do them, they were telling me don't wear the pants in the relationship or that doesn't make sense or a lot of texts which like I was thinking that I will be a bad wife if I just take the responsibility for certain stuff. Uh, But then like at the moment when I understood that like, uh, what I can change like this is all me is there's no one else except me in my mind and if I'm capable of doing something why I'm supposed to wait on someone uh, and blame someone that that is not doing it if I have the full power of doing it and it really changed a lot like because we were reconstructing a house the last whole year I didn't know that I can do walls uh, and I, I can do them now very confidently. I didn't know I can paint um, doors uh, with different colors, with different shapes. I learned everything. Like now everything is so easily accessible. Mm-hmm. And probably if I was with a mindset I used to have a few years back, like probably I will still complain that my husband is not doing it and I'm like ready to do it and everything. Now the, the only thing that changes me Uh, He didn't change at all. Just it's me and he's getting sometimes sad because I did so much work and he's even joining because it's the responsibility calling because I'm not asking for help. I learned how to do it by myself. And it made my life so easier. Like if someone could tell me like that, the mindset and the whole work can make my life so much easier like it's a brilliant result yeah exactly like it, it make a full change everything changed. and then like oh nothing really changes just me and my mindset yeah. and even like m- m- my my father now is asking me but like why are you doing that like that's my job and i'm like asking him like who told you that that's my job like if i can do it why i'm not supposed to it's like just it's really Based on limiting beliefs, cultural beliefs, everything that we bring in our life, and now, like I was on one of the calls when you were speaking about the frog in the water, if I remember good, and you said like when it stay for a longer time, that like that he don't understand that the water is very warm, and if you just directly put it to the warm, it will jump. Mm-hmm. And I think that like many of us stay for a long time at the water, and they don't understand that it's getting warm, and that they can get boiled. But like if you just immediately throw them to the boiled water, they will just jump. And I think oh. that like it took a lot of time to understand this, but like it really made, made a huge change for me. Uh, that like I took the power in my hands and now I'm not afraid. And the, the fear is it's like really disappearing because I'm excited when there is something, okay, there is something new. I will learn now, like I'll I will now do I'll scroll something or I will do something like that. Always looks so exciting, but I was thinking it's a main thing, and I never get interested in it. And it, 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 like, even the children now, like my daughters, are asking, "Is this something that I can do?" And I'm like, "Of course," <laughs> because I know if I change, they will change. And yeah, it, it's a beautiful. Thank you for taking this topic.
0: Yeah, no, I think. Breaking through those barriers of, uh, you know, gender constructs, cultural constructs, you know, whatever constructs they are, uh, they, they do, it becomes such a eureka moment when you, if you are stuck in that uh, construct and you break through it, it becomes like a complete transformational eureka moment. You're like, wow, if I can do this, what else can I do, Right. And if you can just, in your mind, if you're stuck in a, if you're listening to this and you're stuck in a construct, just think to yourself, hmm, what is it that I can do? What can I do that I haven't tried yet? And there is nothing that you can't do, unless you have fiscal limitations, of course, but there are ways to come go around that as well. But, you know, just using the power of thought and then taking action can put you into that mode and you can experience that before you even get there. So um, thank you for sharing that, Anna. That is uh, very powerful.
2: Thank you. And I wanted to share something more because like while you were speaking, like at the back I have paintings which are with the golden color mm-hmm. and I really didn't like gold. For a very long time, in my mindset, the gold was something that is not good, that is evil. Although I know that it's very valuable, but like uh, growing up in a Muslim country, I knew that culturally, the Muslim women, when they are getting divorced, they can take everything that they have on their hands. Uh, or something that's why I was taught as a child if Mm. that's true or not I don't know but like that's my limiting belief in a way and when when I came here and I saw everybody wearing gold and I was like doesn't look that bad like if it's done with a taste and then I start going deeper what's the thing that limit me in accepting gold mm-hmm. and i understood that is my belief that like you can take the wife like all the power and she can take everything that you just see hold on her her hands and like i made myself don't like like i never wanted to buy any gold for me i didn't even even had a wedding gold
0: no
2: uh, uh so like i bought the first golden painting so i can uh have them near me and they can remind me that like some beliefs are not mine just just to work through them, and the paintings were the first thing i did when i understood that like there are really a lot of limiting beliefs i put on myself because someone told me to and uh, officially they are not even true quite often if you go to the like really deep understanding in every culture like there are just some things that someone heard on the tv or the grandmother said, or the grand-grandmother said, and like you're building up whole concept around it. And then it's making a problem to someone that just creates piece of the story. Mm-hmm. So like really asking yourself, who is telling me?
0: Yeah, and that, that's why I'm calling, calling them constructs, because someone has constructed it at some point. Uh, and that goes for all, uh, we'll get, come to you in a second, Hedy. Uh, you know, all the the stuff that we grow up with in terms of our cultural reference points uh, and especially the ones that aren't really serving us any longer, they're just constructs. Someone came up with it and said, oh, this is how we're supposed to do it. Uh, And then it's probably got skewed along the way uh, into something completely different uh, with a different purpose. And now it's like totally useless. Um, So absolutely questioning everything and questioning questioning your motives to thinking that you have to do something is always very important.
3: Hi everyone Um, yeah just to pick up on what you just said um, so maybe before that I'll give you a quick summary within the last two months let's say I've been on this quest with Everything related to the mind, the thoughts, uh, the change in itself, the, the the inner which led me to the inner discovery, which led me to the thought of the unstoppable question in my head, which is, uh, who am I? Mm-hmm. The so big I one. I keep always go around. Who am I? Who am I? So I'm through this. I'm discovering what I want. I'm discovering a better image of, uh, a better self-image, which I'm, I'm trying to write down to narrow it into more details. But it's just the question in, in itself, in a way, is so broad. And I need some of these answers. It's like I'm, 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 my thoughts are, are just moving into a wall, basically, but I, 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 I don't know how to go over it. And maybe this is my question is, um, what are your thoughts? about this like if we are on a a self-discovery and this is really not an easy exercise at all at least from my own experience um it's uh, what can you help me on that
0: (laughs) uh yeah i mean it's it is the big question isn't it who am i Mm -hmm. uh and i know zen buddhism one of the mantras or one of the uh yeah mantras they use when they meditate and it's they in the inhale and exhale. They do. Uh, the, they do like on the inhale. They go, "Who am I?" And on the exhale, they go, "I don't know. Who am I? I don't know. Who am I? I don't know." And just go through that and to empty yourself of that that feeling of not knowing who you are. Because um, then, if you and th- that's oftentimes what we do in meditation. You set an intention, and then you release all expectations. And then, w- once you've released that, you've released your thoughts, as it were. Uh, then the answers come uh, come easier, because now you've uh, released all that the tensions in your energy and your body to allow that uh, that's come through. Uh, so the if we seek our answers in our thoughts, then oftentimes we come up empty-handed. Because the answers rarely comes through your thoughts. Um, Indeed. Now they can very well come, uh, come through your thoughts in terms of uh, perhaps uh, you get a memory that you feel resonates with the question or an intention you had, and... With that memory, you might have a feeling or something that like that is related. So, the thought uh, absolutely has a uh, has a has a role to play. But when the thought brings with it judgment, that's when we have to watch out.
3: Indeed, and um, what I learned recently is also is to what you guys mentioned earlier is to control my thoughts. Um, and that works quite well. It um, it has brought amazing added value in my attitude, in uh, little transaction to big one that I do on a daily basis. It's just the attitude makes a whole difference. Uh, it helps me to control my thoughts, uh, always in a positive mindset. Um, but it's like yeah, even, even even in terms of the. Like my desires, let's say, like I, I look at them from a different angle, and I look at them of how uh, changing myself, like Anna described earlier, is to to, to get the, the the proper result. And basically, um, we become what we think about. So I keep pretty much saying that over and over and over. Um, but least the main question. Like really, kind of again, trying to see how to discover it more like it's like I feel like it's my purpose to know that um, but I just don't know how to get to know that
0: yeah it is one of those things that's part of the journey of discovery Um, if it was uh, as easy as someone saying this is who you are then uh, it wouldn't be much of a journey in the end so so it is a and uh, I know everybody on on this call have uh, are on a journey that of that discovery. And it's really starting to pay attention to just what what's happening inside you. You know, what mm-hmm. are your internal senses feeding to you in terms of uh, feedback? And mm-hmm. asking questions and, and being open to receiving the answers. We'll go into this a little bit as we move along here, uh, Hedy, mm-hmm. uh,
3: if that's yes, okay. Sure. Thank you, Christopher.
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, what we can look at also is, you know, asking the question, what is, you know, where does the thought come from? So we've already talked about, you know, the the thought can be generated by an emotion, the emotion that triggers the thought or a memory, which is a thought that then triggers a feeling. Um, But now the thought that, seemingly comes from nowhere. It might be an idea, it might be uh, a thought that is coming from an intuitive space, so you have an uh, intuition that then triggers a thought. Now, where does that come from? There could be, uh, you know, if you look at these great inventors like uh, Leonardo da Vinci or Uh, Nicholas Tesla or something like that or Albert Einstein it comes from somewhere right now I think in my experience in a way it's the energy that we hold within ourselves as in the energy we embody so the collection of our experiences uh, attitudes mindsets Perception and so forth becomes the, the totality of it becomes what attracts different experiences and uh, thoughts and ideas. And that so the it's almost like the if we're looking at ideas, that if I if I'm an energetic recipient or match for an idea that is kind of existing. In the universe, um, then that uh, idea can come to me, as it were. Now, there's the famous example I've used before, uh, where Michael Jackson call up his uh, manager at four o'clock in the morning and say, "Oh, we got to do this. We got to try this one out." And the manager will say, "Well, do we really need to do this at four o'clock in the morning?" And say, "Yep, absolutely, because if I don't do it, Prince is going to do it." So he was completely aware that the idea was not his unique idea. It existed with other people. It, it's just whoever is the one to kind of move forward and uh, take the idea into manifestation. So and we, we can see this, for example, when you know, the light bulbs were uh, invented, there was a lot of people working on, on it because people saw that electricity could be used for a certain you know thing and uh, you have this collective uh, energy that we will work with the co- uh, uh, collective consciousness that then generates uh, or draws to it uh, ideas and uh, that are going to be the next step in any evolution so the the thoughts and ideas that cre- are created in in humanity, or brought broader humanity, uh, are kind of energetic matches, if you like. So it's the perfect timing for something to appear, um, and that's my experience anyway. And uh, you know, it might be controversial <laughs> for a lot of people to to uh, look at it that way, but for me, it's always worked that okay. If I get an idea, if I don't move on it than someone else will so that's my my own will or my uh choice to do that or not to do that um and either way is perfectly fine uh i know some some people that if they get that idea they it's like a sacred choice almost it's like if it comes to them then they are uh, it's like a sacred choice that they have to move on it because it is something that's come to them and they've, quote-unquote, been chosen to move on to that. Um, but uh, what the ramifications of not doing that is obviously that someone else does it. And you, I've had several situations where uh, I've had an idea and I haven't moved on it, and then a couple of years later, Someone else has worked on it, and this becomes this huge success and fantastic for them, but uh, I, I didn't do it. So. <laughs> and it's uh, always easy to come in uh, afterwards and say, oh, well, I had that idea. Well, you didn't move on it, so sorry. Um, so if you have important thoughts, choose carefully if you're going to move on them or not. They say that we have about sixty to 70,000 thoughts every single day. Right. Now 90% of those thoughts are the same thoughts that you had the day before. Now what that tells us is that we are you know humans are uh, habitual animals. We like habit, we like things that are structured, we like things to kind of be along the same lines. Because that's safe. That feels safe, right? But when we experience something new, we experience something uh, and we, we actually take that courage and move into something else. And we experience that and we say, oh, why haven't I done this earlier? Well, because it takes that courage. And for a lot of people, they need to have the right timing and to, in order to have that courage. But it does tell us that if we can take... uh, So we have 90% of these. If we take half of those, so 45%, and we change that and we create new thoughts every single day of half of those thoughts that were the same, what can we create then? What can we then cause in our lives to make changes? So now here's the the question as well. Hedy always touched on this uh, earlier, but can we control our thoughts? Now, I'm a firm believer that you can. I know there are people that don't always agree with me on this, but uh, and I'm happy to be challenged on it. Uh, but I think we can control three things, thoughts, words, and actions. And everything else is out of our control. So, for me, in a way, when I realized that, I, it was like a relief. Thank God, I don't need to continue to try and control everything else. I can control my words, my thoughts, my actions. That's perfectly fine for me. Because if I do that, then I also start controlling how I experience things. And it's how I experience things that will actually di- dictate how my life will be. So, if I don't worry so much about you know all of these different things then i don't have as much anxiety if i don't get angry about all these little details then i don't have so much anger in my life and it's all down to our choi- own choices as to how much we decide to uh, control our thoughts or words, or actions. Uh, You know, how much am I allowing myself to be triggered? And what do I do with those triggers? So, and you guys have, if you've listened to this uh, podcast before, or these discussions before, you know, I always say that, you know, observe your own experiences. Because if you can observe that emotion when it comes up, you can then take control of the thoughts that that emotion would have, uh, triggered. So if you have sadness coming up, and that then creates the thought of, well, what's the point now anyway? I'm sad, and this is just crap, and it's, you know, we, we kind of go into this spiral of despair because we are experience the, experiencing the uh, feeling of sadness, or even worse, if like a lot of people, we are in a state where the feeling feelings or feeling emotions is actually considered a bad thing. It's dangerous because we've we grown up to be, have been told like, oh, don't cry so much or don't be so sensitive or stop crying. It's nothing. Uh, so we're being told how to feel or we're told how, what emotions to have around our own experiences. Now, if that is the case, then we, if we don't, if we don't observe our emotions, then we, we continuously just suppress them and swat them away. But if we observe them, we can actually take that uh, distance to the emotion and just allow ourselves to experience it. We can do that in a controlled fashion. Now, I'm not a proponent of... Um, uh, Creating happy thoughts for the purpose of, for the sake of happy thoughts in order to suppress emotions. Um, I'm more in, in, inclined to, if I have an emotion to come up and I observe it, I don't immediately go, oh, happy thought, I need to think happy thought. You know, I go into more of an inquisitive mode. Oh, I have anger coming up. Why is that? Where does this anger come from? and I engage in that kind of a line of questioning, A, it allows me to then uh, realize I can control my thoughts. B, it allows me to start that questioning we were talking about before, Harry, that I might not receive an answer immediately, but if I'm open to the answer, I will know when I receive it. So that can then come through uh, if I ask, oh, I wonder where this anger comes from. Perhaps a memory comes up of something I experienced as a child. If and if I am open to that, I can then start working on that and healing that aspect of myself. Because the anger is obviously triggered by something on the outside. Right. Now that once I've kind of gone through that process of questioning, the emotion has now disappeared. Because the anger, anger can we can only hold on to our or the body can only physically hold on to anger for about 90 seconds. Anytime you hold on to anger beyond that, you, you're, or you're mentally, you're consciously uh, holding on to it, either by engaging in it or acting on it, or uh, you're allowing your thoughts to spiral out of control relating to it. So the, the thoughts perpetuate the emotion and holds it into, uh, holds it within your body. Now, once it's disappeared, there's no reason to engage with the animal. So now you are in a process or in a, in, a, in, in a state where you can now say, okay, well, I've experienced that. That's fantastic. And I've asked these questions and hopefully I'll get the answer. What do I want to think now? What do I want to experience within myself? So that's then the perfect opportunity to say, you know what? I want to experience happiness. Well, then evoke that through using your thoughts because your thoughts can trigger feelings and feelings can then trigger emotions. So it becomes a a loop that you can use purely by just learning how to observe your uh, own experiences. So this is how you can then Work on slowly but surely to shift the the weight of uh, those sixty to seventy thousand thoughts um, that you have per day. How many of those thoughts are going to be the same as you had yesterday? Challenge yourself and say, you know what? I'm going to shift to at least half of those to be new thoughts every single day. And that could be, you know, learning new stuff. Uh, you know, like. A lot of us do do uh, quests on Mind Valley, and or you know watching YouTube videos, or reading a book, or something like that, because that then triggers new thoughts within yourself, and you allow yourself to uh, embody uh, more wisdom, more uh, more learning from that perspective, and you start to think new thoughts, and that will then trigger you to think, okay, well if it's this way, what if it's uh, what could Could this be different in that way too?
2: Being part of the coaching that you did with Barbie, it was like really understanding my energy and understanding the way I think and I behave, that I have the full power. Uh, It made me understand like that, like doesn't matter how many coaches you have, how many courses you will do, if you don't take the control over everything, like nobody can do the work for you. Mm -hmm. Like they can coach you, they can give you directions, but you're the one responsible and you need to do the work. And I think that there is the big shift in each and our, our lives. And it's not one course, it's not one. Um, like one person but it's multiple things that like will bring us to the road and we can understand and your coaching the bar is like just this beautiful understanding on your own power and your own energy and that made like a huge shift for me because I allow myself and I think the to allow yourself and start accepting yourself is the biggest way we all go the, to the self-love uh, mm-hmm. which is very hard because like we can we can do for everyone everything except ourself and then like if our self is not fulfilled, all the other things are wrong. So thank you for being part of my life and understanding the ways I can go because once I had the power over my energy and my courage and my decisions it like really started shifting everything around so it's a just full power. Of the mindset. Thank you for that.
0: <laughs> no, thank you, Anna. I appreciate that. And uh, what Anna is talking about the uh, infinity life that uh, Barbie and I co-founded together with uh, Tula Tula Shivaling And, um, and uh, yeah, it, it is very much that. And when, in my coaching practice, I always talk about. You know, people come to me and say, "What should I do?" And to me, it's like, well, I'm not you, so I can't decide for you what you should do. And they're like, well, you, you're, you know, you 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 work with energy, you work with the psychic energy, and all of that. You you can tell me what I should do. It's like, no, I can guide you towards the answer. I can guide you toward, give you the tools for you to discover this within yourself. But it's always within the individual, and. It, even when we do energy clearings or energy healing and stuff like that, if you're not ready to work on the healing yourself, all that energy is just going to come right back and it's all going to muddle up again. So uh, if you're ready to do the healing within yourself, then you can take those steps. But that requires you to start thinking in a way that I can heal. Because a lot of times we think, oh, this is my lot in life, or this is how it is, or and that's all part of that's all thought. That is the energy of thought. And if you can shift that to say, you know what, I don't accept this. I don't accept feeling like this. Now, granted, there are things that are going to take a lot longer. There are people that are suffering from, you know. Autoimmune diseases and uh, chronic illnesses and what have you, and that may be part of their journey in this lifetime. But then it's a matter of shift. How do I shift my uh, my relationship with this experience? And how do I, uh, you know, what are my thoughts relating to it? It's no different in terms of having a chronic illness or something like that, as opposed to someone like myself, who uh, often deals with anxiety or, uh, you know, depressive thoughts or something like that. How do I relate to it? What is my thought? What are the thoughts that come up? When I feel down, what are the thoughts that come up? And how can I work on myself to say, you know what? No, I don't accept this. I accept only that uh, that mm-hmm. I can achieve stuff in my life for myself that is of a higher vibration than I'm uh, feeling right now. But that's through the thought. It's the thought that initiates it. And it's, we'll talk about this in a minute here. I have some uh, ideas I'll share with you in terms of working on that to help you to uh, shift, um, shift your experiences. And um, So when we are looking at our own experiences, it is our perception, it's our attitude, it's our mindset. Um, And if we have a negative mindset about ourselves, then we are going to have negative experience, or we are going to experience things from a negative perspective. Um, And as far as I'm concerned, I always try to look at experiences as neither good nor bad. They are just experiences or they they are events for me to learn about myself. I don't need to judge them, good or bad. And if I can move out of that feeling or the mindset of judgment, then I can also start moving out of the mindset of judging others. Because if I start stop judging myself and my own experiences, then I will stop judging others as well. But it takes an active choice, an active thought to say, you know what? I'm going to stop judge- uh, judging myself. And once you realize that you have the power to do that, that can then become very powerful in shifting uh, you into a new paradigm. And um, So we talked about uh, observing your uh, emotions, thoughts, feelings, words, and actions, i.e. your experiences. Um, And that is, once you start doing that observation, and uh, I've recommended a lot of times before, The The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, uh, which is, the whole book is about that about observing yourself and you can experiment with it when you're in meditation is moving your awareness around your body so you're perceiving yourself from different parts of your body so perhaps you move, uh, move your awareness into your hand and you start perceiving yourself from the perspective of your hand so this is just these are just exercises you can use to start learning to observe yourself, and then you can observe your thoughts from your hand. Now, I try to stay in my uh, heart space when I observe myself on a daily basis, um, and a good technique to do that is to put your hands on your chest, because you, your awareness will go where you put your hands. So if you You know, fall over and you hit your knee, what's the first thing you do? You bring your hands to it. Because when you bring your energy, you will bring your healing and your energy, right? So you you bring all your attention. You bring your attention to that area. uh, And you do that with a touch. So you're not walking around constantly thinking, I have a knee, I have a knee, I have a knee. It's when you put your hands there, you, or when you bring your attention to it. It's like, oh right, yeah, I have a knee. Um, so when you hit it, then you bring your hands to it. So it's the same thing. You put, bring your heart, hands to your heart space. Um, that can then allow you to observe. Uh, you're not stuck in your thought process. You you become the observer as opposed to the the thoughts. Uh, a lot of times when we walk around and we we are actually we kind of walk around as the thought, as opposed to the thinker. Uh, and I'd like, uh, I'll challenge you to move into a, uh, being an observer of your own thoughts, observer of your own experiences. Now, sometimes we can get stuck in a, uh, kind of in a, in a, a cycle of uh, the observer becomes the thinker, then the trick is to become the observer of the observer of the thinker. So every time you guess your thoughts kind of go into the where you are observing from, then you just move away and you observe from another place. Once you've done that enough, you are going to start opening up your consciousness to a completely different plane. Um, and that will happen quite naturally. So Good luck with that and enjoy that ride. <laughs> um, so it's, as I said before, it's not about shifting uh, or to ignore your emotions that we have been told are negative. So, you know, people are told that, you know, sadness, uh, despair, uh Disappointment, all of these emotions or feelings uh, are bad and they ought to be avoided. Now, if you can allow yourself to understand that it's not the emotion or the feeling in itself that's bad, it's how we approach it and how we see it and how we perceive it that then causes us to have a negative experience. So if we can move into the, the experience of okay, interesting. I have despair coming up. Why is that? Where's that despair coming from? What why did that trigger within me? Because the only reason I'm going to be triggered to feel despair or to have the emotional despair is if I have an element of that within me. So there is a, an unhealed element of that within me. So I have might have had an experience in childhood where I had experienced despair and it was obviously an uncomfortable feeling and therefore I I didn't like that so I pushed it down. Uh, Now the result is that I exist in my body and perhaps it becomes part of my core wounding and now I start to operate from the perspective of despair. So my experiences in life are going to be reflected in that despair so now and that's why i always propagate this idea of observing our emotions and and starting that line of questioning because if you can then find it because oftentimes it sits in our subconscious we're not even aware of it that we're operating from this perspective so if i can become aware of it, then i can heal it If I'm not aware of it, then I can't heal it. I can't work on it. Um, So being able to ask those questions and uh, being open to those answers allows us then to go into a space of healing that that part of ourselves or that experience and just reassure ourselves, you know, it's, it's okay. It's fine to have this emotion. It's okay to experience it. And, you know, once you experience that emotion, then A, you build up your emotional intelligence. Uh, B, it allows you to become more empathetic. Because now if someone else is experiencing despair and you didn't have a definition for this feeling of despair or emotion of despair, but now you have it, you can recognize that emotion with someone else and you can sit with them without feeling discomfort and just be there for them so now because you've taken care of yourself you can now automatically take care of someone else so you become uh, taking care of yourself becomes this part where you are actually taking care of others at the same time so the the uh, thoughts uh, controlling your thoughts in that uh, direction will then help yourself and others Um, it's also important that we take action in line with our thoughts. So as we are starting to make these changes, and this is really about emphasizing to our conscious mind that this is the program that we want. Because once we build it into a habit, then we can create a pattern around it and then it gets... uh, Sent down into the subconscious and it's now ingrained within us. So, just knowing that I have to, it's a good idea to uh, feel happy. I can know that, I can intellectually know that. But I need to take action towards that direction of feeling happy and start evoking the emotion within my body by directing my thoughts towards what would make me happy. Now, once I do that and I take action and I do that continuously, then I start building up new neurological pathways, pathways, and I create a habit around happiness, and I create a pattern of happiness in my life. Then my subconscious is going to say, oh, is this how we, we're going to react to these different situations? So if someone is yelling at you, you don't approach it with, how do I defend myself against this? You approach it with, well, my, my state of mind is happy and I don't understand why this yelling is going on. So, all right, fine. Keep on yelling, I don't care. <laughs> You know, it's because we're not triggered anymore. Because that there is no nothing to trigger that uh, uh, "quote-unquote" attack. Because we we've reprogrammed programmed ourselves. Um, so taking action in line with your thoughts that correspond to your thoughts, and also speaking. Because as I said before, thoughts, words, and actions. So you can control your thoughts, words, and actions. Speaking your thoughts becomes really important. So whether it's or expressing it, I suppose is a better, better word to use, because you know, writing things down or speaking to others, this is what I intend. I intend for myself to be happy. Okay, well, someone says, Oh, that's those are some lofty goals. How are you going to do that? I don't know, but I'm going to take action in that direction. And I'm going to, well, you know, I'm going to go for a walk now and just enjoy the sun. Um, and just if you speak it out into the world, then you create an energy around you of that expectation. And then perhaps someone else will pick up on it and go, "Huh, uh, that dude's going to be happy. Well, what, what prevents me from being happy? Oh, well, perhaps I'll go on a walk too. Can I join you? Right. So we then again, we create that, it becomes the butterfly effect, right? You take, you express something outwards, and then that can then grow within others as well. So, yeah, that is essentially what we have on thoughts today. Does anybody have any thoughts they want to share? Very clever that. (laughs) Um, So it's really, everything is interlinked when it comes to your process, or rather how you process your experiences. And controlling one aspect of it, your thoughts, will then have an effect on everything else. So being able to allow those emotions and controlling the thoughts that you have around the emotions will then allow you to release the emotion because the emotion is an energy. It doesn't want to stay in your body. It wants to disappear. Um, Then you allow yourself to experience that in a safe and controlled way. Having a memory come up traumatic memory that generates a feeling, you can then capture that thought and go, hmm, interesting. Why is this memory generating this uh, feeling within me? Where does that come from? How do I heal that? And then once that feeling is dissipated, you can then start working on healing that aspect. And you can start working on shifting your thoughts. Okay, well, now I'm in my thought process. What do I want to think? What do I want to experience? What memories do I want to recall to evoke certain feelings? So knowing that you have the control and that you have the power could be the uh, game changer for anyone. Deciding that you do have that power is the first step. Well, thank you everybody for joining today's discussion on thoughts. And uh, I wish you all a beautiful week ahead and I will see you next week. Thank you all for coming and bringing your beautiful energies. It's always a pleasure. And uh, we'll see you next week. Have a good one. Well, hopefully there was some uh, food for thoughts in this conversation and discussion. When we do come to understand that we control our thoughts, there is always at that moment when that realization comes in there is always that feeling of uh, regret perhaps for all the thoughts that one hasn't controlled but uh, at the same time we move into uh, an understanding that there's relief in that too and that there's relief in the accountability of understanding the the choices that we could have made but knowing that we can make other choices going forward when it comes to the thoughts that we have. Of course, there are thoughts that are more or less difficult uh, to control. For example, if you're suffering from uh, obsessive compulsive disorder, then of course those thoughts are very difficult to control, but it's through our practices and uh, uh, tools that we employ that we can then move into shifting our mindset and shifting how we perceive our thoughts and we know that we can treat uh, OCD for example with the uh, psychotherapy and so forth and of course if we're in a situation that we have a thought that come in quite unannounced that thought will of course be very difficult to control as well but it's the thoughts that we have beyond that that we can then Uh, direct in a direction that is comfortable and uh, that is beneficial to us. And if you work your practices and you practice mindfulness and so forth, those thoughts will then be more in line with uh, the mindset and the perception that you have. Uh, So it's essentially we fall down to our lowest level of preparedness. The better prepared you are, the better uh, you are going to be able to control those thoughts oftentimes these situations are uh, things that reside in our blind spots and uh, we're not consciously aware of them and that's where working with a coach might uh, be beneficial and that's essentially what we do is that we help identify things that are in our blind spots so if you feel that you know working with a coach might be uh, something for you, then uh, please do visit our website uh, thealchemyexperience.co.uk and click on the link to uh, book a 30 minute free consultation. And if I don't see you there then I hope to see you back here next week for a new episode of the Alchemy Experience podcast. And uh, in the meantime take care of yourself and have a good one.